Good morning, and gentlemen. Welcome again, once again, to What in the Cell is Going On. I'm your host today, filling in for Renee, who's uh, uh, preoccupied and is out of, out of the office, actually. Uh, thanks, Renee, for letting me fill in for you. This is Vaccine Information Coalition. I'm Dr. H. Ruad, and you're listening to Progressive Radio Network, the most listened to commercial-free and truth radio program in the world. Again, my name is Dr. H. Ruad. I'm filling in for Renee. The title of the show today is What in the Cell is Going On? And, yeah, we're, we're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 time in this time slot. And you can access this live on prn.live or by calling 641-793-7091. Even uh, as it may, folks, if you're listening, you're listening. Okay. The... Entire podcast will can be accessed on Vaccine Information Coalition's website. That uh, is vacinfo.org, org, V-A-C-I-N-F-O dot org. And if you go on there, you'll see the incredible, incredible MIT presentation by Mr. Steve Kirsch. Now, this is, uh, I would love to have... Uh, Mr. Kershaw on the show today, but he's not here. I mean, to, to tell you what, just go on to the vacinfo.org website and listen to that full presentation. It's stunning in the extreme. Now, let me give you a little bit better background. I think the, the topic of today's show, uh, in addition to touching on his statistics, we need to look at uh, Mr. Kershaw. I would love to have him on the show, but that's not happening. Let him speak for himself. But I'm going to be accessing some public information data. Steve Kirsch is an MIT graduate and a multi multimillionaire. In fact, it's uh, it's funny. You know, he he was primary the primary man behind developing the the wireless mouse, the optical mouse that that. Uh, virtually every computer has now, right? I want to just quote from an article uh, October 5th of 2021, so over two years old. This is MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT Technology Review article. This headline is, quote, this tech millionaire went from COVID trial funder to misinformation super spreader. That headline right there is pretty amazing. So this tech millionaire, Mr. Stephen Kirsch with a K, did an about face, did a 360-degree turn. Why? I see the science is where he's, he was sucked into it. We're going to prove the science. We're going to go with Big Pharma's... Um, tech, right, and give us, get a vaccine to, in the works to save the people, right? And Mr. Kirsch went from funding these COVID vaccine trials to be labeled, and I quote, misinformation super spreader. Okay. People like uh, Renee and back, backinfo.org, in this, this 
radio show, What in the Cell is Going On? Oh, yeah, we are spreaders of misinformation. We are problems giving out against what is advanced science. That's what everybody would, is, wants to believe, because that's the official rhetoric coming out of news organs like the New York Times and uh, USA Today, et cetera, et cetera. But no, you have to be really a big, big hitter to be a super spreader. You know, I like it. Um, people want to be told that Renee and Dr. Ott and, and uh, RFK Jr., you know, he's, a, he's on, the, on the next level, surely. But Dr. Ott and little uh, Renee... Tonsky, no, no, no. These are these are little minor, little little misinformation spreaders. They're spreading all this BS nonsense. Don't listen to them. Listen to the mainstream media that has billions of dollars behind them. Those are the real truth. Don't listen to these other little guys. These little manure spreaders. These BS spreaders. No. I'm a, I've been classified as a misinformation spreader, but I've been doing it for darn near 30 years. So what? I have a pretty good insight myself personally into what goes into a quote-unquote vaccine shot. And I don't like what I have uncovered. And I'm, for what it's worth, I think I'm like Steve Kirsch in the fact that you just look at the data. Look at the statistics. The models, not what they want you to believe, but what the numbers actually show. And that means being objective and being honest and having integrity and not being bought out. So Mr. Steve Kirsch went from a COVID trial funder to misinformation super spreader. One of the things that, that stands out in his, in his MIT presentation in, on November 30th, just recently, folks, is documenting a bigger, uh, just as much of a big problem in my book as the unsafe and ineffective jab, which he shows very convincingly. But more troubling to me is the censorship in a supposedly free and open society. I go back to John Fitzgerald Kennedy's speech, Columbia. We are, he said there was no, the words, very word secrecy is repugnant to a free and open society. Truer words were never spoken. Let me repeat that. The very word secrecy is repugnant to a free society, to this republic. We are a republic, actually, not a democracy. There's a big difference. If you don't know what the difference is, well, you got to study that yourself, okay? But we are a republic of the people, by the people, for the people. A strange concept, right? No. You can't have secrecy in, a, in an open and honest republic. You can't have uh, deals bartered behind the scenes. You can't have billions of dollars in contracts hidden away to, and then protected, you see, by this true disinformation and false reports. See, that's what's happening here. If we are a free and open society, a republic, there's a reason why 
the First Amendment, our basic, basic, very basic, most principle, is right of free speech. We have to have that sacrosanct. We have to have that as our icon. Otherwise, we're done as a society, as a republic. We're done. Stick a fork in us. We're the we're the Thanksgiving turkey. We're done if we don't have free speech. So see, this is what Steve Kirsch is, is pointing out in the first part of his MIT speech. Is like finally, after two years of censorship, I'm speaking now at the very auditorium that my millions funded to be built. It's the Steve Kirsch Auditorium. Oh, but they censor him. You know what that. MIT did it. Other universities can't go against the official rhetoric, no matter what name you have, no matter what's on the outside. We're going to lockstep and stop the misinformation super spreaders, which Steve Kirsch became the headline of. Let's not debate the science. Let's not debate the statistics. No, we just want you to be muzzled, silenced, and blackballed. Now, that's a big part of the story, folks. How Steve Kirsch went from COVID trial thunder, 360-degree turnaround to what they classified as a misinformation super spreader. Could it possibly be? Could it possibly be that he crunched the numbers? Could it possibly be that with his engineering mind, he saw the lies? Let me just quote from this MIT Technology Review written by Kat, I'm I'm assuming that's Catherine Ferguson, October 5th. 2021, quote, in the early days of the pandemic, as billions of dollars poured into the hunt for novel treatments and vaccines, veteran Silicon Valley and Trumpanover Steve Kirsch did what he's always done. He went looking for an underdog. Since making a fortune as the founder of InfoSeek, an early search engine that was the Google of its day, Kirsch has spent tens of millions of dollars fighting humanity's biggest threats. He prefers iconoclastic approaches, whether by directly funding asteroid detection or advocating for nuclear power to combat global warming, But by March 2020, he settled on the idea of searching for for COVID treatments in the pre-existing pharmacopoeia. The premise made sense. Most experts were predicting vaccines would take years. While finding helpful drugs with known safety profiles could shortcut the approval processes. Well, uh, isn't that just what an engineer does? Electrical engineer or 
what have you, an innovator. And he's motivated, I submit, to help humanity. He's already made his millions. He's living a good life. And he, I submit, is seeing this is a real and present danger to this country. In fact, for the world, actually. So, here we go. Quote, getting back to the article. Quote, with little government funding available for such work, Kirsch founded the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. Did you hear that? I heard that right. C-E-T-F. COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. Putting in $1 million of his own money and bringing in donations from Silicon Valley luminaries. The CETF website lists the foundations of Mark Benioff and Elon Musk as donors. Over the last 18 months, the fund has granted at least $4.5 million for researchers testing the COVID-fighting powers of drugs that are already FDA-approved for other diseases. That work has yielded one promising candidate, the antidepressant fluvoxamine. Other CETF-funded efforts have been less successful, but that's not a surprise. According to researchers who conducted them, the vast majority of trials for any drug end in failure. That's a true statement. The vast majority of, of drug trials end in failure. Now, again, I'm, I'm just assuming things there in Mr. Steve Kirsch's mind, and I, I hope I'm, I'd like to have his own comment on this, but I, I submit this is exactly what's going through an engineer's mindset. Okay, he's, he's, he's not a doctor. He's just a researcher. He's a dang good one. He's a, he has an engineering degree, and he's from MIT, and he's brilliant. So he's jumped into the, into the middle of this fray. He's saying, what can we do, knowing that look at all these clinical trials that ended very badly because they're toxic. And here's here's what I submit that Steve Kirsch probably got a pretty good handle on. Wait a minute. To be given FDA approval for any drug, it has to have, one of the primary requirements is it has to have what's called a lethal dosage in the LD50. LD lethal dosage slash hyphen 50, which means simply there's a certain percentage of amount of this drug given in milligrams per kilogram of body weight that causes lethal death to people given it, okay? And the lower the LD50, you know, the more the non-toxic level it is. But there's bottom line is, folks, the very definition of a drug 
by FDA approval is there has to be an LD50 established. In other words, let me make it very clear. If it's not a toxic poison, if you take too much of it, you're going to die, there is not, it doesn't classify as a drug. I want to talk about a mineral, for instance. I'm, I'm, I produce minerals, and my company's called Mother Earth Minerals. I produce those. I have under the direction and tutelage of, of Linus Pauling in the early 90s. That's how my company was formed, right? So here we go. You can take my sublingually applied magnesium, for instance, or calcium. Calcium is, is the, most, the, the most important single mineral element that the body needs, calcium, and then secondly, magnesium. Okay? Here's the bottom line. My calcium and magnesium drugs are all natural. They're not drugs. They're supplements. Why? Because you can actually literally take 10 times the sublingual application. You can chug-a-lug my calcium liquid mineral. It just will make your urine pretty expensive because you only the body only takes what you need. It needs, and the rest is sloughed off in the urea. So my my program, my minerals are supplements. They're nutritional supplements. They are not drugs. Why? Because they're non-toxic. Are they effective? Well, that's another debate. I, I say absolutely. Dr. Pauling won two Nobel Prizes showing how effective the right mineral supplement is under the tongue, you see. But they're safe. This is the very definition of safe and effective. Safe and effective. The minerals in the right form, in the right process, going into the bloodstream, are super effective. Absolutely. Are they safe? Oh, yeah. Like breathing air is safe. Air is oxygen, O2. Ah, take that breath. Breathe in that oxygen, O2. It's a gas. O2 is oxygen, but it's on the periodic table. It is an element. Is breathing oxygen? I mean, pure air ever toxic, people? Now you might say, well, breathing in New York City, you know, contaminated smog air or L.A. air, that could be, t- well, that's different. Now I'm talking about pure oxygen, right? Pure O2, never toxic. In fact, the minute you quit breathing O2 is the minute that the coroner's office is called and you're called dead. Stop breathing that oxygen, you're, you're clinically dead, right? Safe and effective. Is oxygen safe and effective? It's an essential. Okay. And so are every mineral uh, in this in this family. Pauling identified 21 minerals. Each one has a specific role to play. And that's my niche. I bring this to the to the to the world and I've been doing it since the early nineties. Okay. Mother Earth Minerals. Check it out. That's my company, Mother Earth Minerals. MEM.org. I, I, I do this not to promote the, the mineral um, as a commercial. No, no. I'm just showing you how it fits in. So Steve Kirsch is like, oh, here's all these drugs, the vast majority of trials, and then failure. What, what failure? Because, listen, side effects are, are a misnomer. That's misinformation. Side effects are merely effects. 
the effects of consuming a toxin. See the difference between a drug and a supplement, right? Mm-hmm. So here's Steve Kirsch with the CETF, and I go back to the article, quote, what has alarmed many of the scientists associated with CETF, though, are Kirsch's reactions to the work he's funded, both successes and failures. He's refused to accept the results of a hydroxychloroquine trial that showed the drug had no value in treating COVID, for instance. Instead, blaming investigators for poor study design and statistical errors. Oh, uh, hello, that's what an engineer does. He analyzes the data. If the data does it's flawed, you reject the flawed data and you expose it. Hydroxychloroquine. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen? Malaria-fighting drug? Safe and effective? It's still a drug. It's toxic and lethal to the, to the liver in, in large dosages, but here's the key. Hydroxychloroquine works because it is known to be an anti-parasite. And malaria, you see, is not even so much a bacterial as a parasitical infection. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all bacterial. No, no. There is, is parasites involved in this, too. Hydroxychloroquine has been shown in the trials to be effective and safe in the right dosages for malaria. It saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of lives in the tropical zones. That's hydroxychloroquine. But you see, if you can... Here, let me speak as a, bio, as a biologist and a biochemist. And go back into the terrain, if I can, okay? Terrain is everything. Germ is nothing, according to Beauchamp, right? That's our whole central thing. Folks, why is hydroxychloroquine effective against the so-called COVID-19 virus? Is it really a virus? No, listen, listen very carefully. The science of the terrain you have to strengthen the terrain because you really cannot catch a virus. You can catch a bacteria and, and the pneumococcus and all this. These, these things are, are transmissible, yes, but viruses, really no. Because viruses is a level of toxicity in your body. A virus is, very, by its very definition, being sloughed off from your body. It's your own RNA that forms itself and causes a toxic structure. That's why you feel sick when you have a sore throat or a nasal discharge uh, once or twice a year. It's part of your immune system getting rid of the trash. It's throwing it out, okay? Which is why you just take a flu, uh, sore throat, scratchy throat, a little fever, and let it run its course in 10 days. And if you don't have any any side uh, other infections going on concurrently with bacteria, you're good to go, like strep throat or whatever, which is, which is, which responds to antibiotics. You see, you you eliminate the bacterial part and let the virus, which is just your own body sloughing off toxins, take its course. 
the love clears itself out of Qatar and, and slamming because of its, the very nature of your discharge, right? So why is hydroxychloroquine effective? Simple. Because it targets the parasites that everybody has in their body. And if you have, you have too high a level of parasites, you're going to be sicker. In other words, it boosts the immune system in the fact that it helps relieve the toxic stress of parasites in the overall picture. Hydroxychloroquine doesn't come and kill viruses. You don't, you, you, don't, you don't want something to come in and kill your very own cellular structure. You just want to have a target, those nasty little parasites, amoeba type of things that could be in your body, and even yeast, you see. Yeast, candida yeast, is a parasite. It's opportunistic. and causes problems. So hydroxychloroquine does that in spades. And now here's something else that's really important to understand. In hydroxychloroquine studies, as you help the immune system by taking care of these microscopic parasites, guess what else happens? Hmm. Your immune system is stronger and you have natural uh, T-cells and other things now starting to work and do what they're supposed to do and keep your body free of cancer. Imagine that. You don't catch cancer. I hope you agree with this if you're a listener. You have somebody with lung cancer coughing on you, you're not going to catch the cancer bug. See, it's your immune system that's, that's got a problem. Hydroxychloroquine has been shown to be effective with cancer patients. Not because it kills the cancer cells, but because of one thing. It kills parasites and boosts your own natural immunity so the body can stop the mutation of the cells. Hydroxychloroquine and, and, and others other anti-parasite drugs are not cancer fighters, ladies and gentlemen. They're parasite fighters that gives your immune system the, the boost it needs to do go back and be homeostasis and balance and put yourself into remission. That's how the body operates. That's Beauchamp's terrain theory in a whole nutshell right there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Mindset of science is what we're talking about here. Not the hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars that Big Pharma wants you to, to, to be brainwashing to think it's a terrible bacteria or a virus. Oh, that terrible, mean, lab-created Wuhan virus. That's the misinformation super-spreading, ladies and gentlemen. Not Stephen Kirsch. Let's go on and finish up this article. This is this is really telling. Quote, he, meaning Steve Kirsch, also publicly railed against what he claims is a campaign against drugs like fluvoxamine and ivermectin. Um yeah. Uh, damn right. 
campaign. Oh, what kind of campaign? A media circus campaign, demonizing these anti-parasitic drugs. That's what they are. And according to three members of CETF's, CETF's scientific advisory board, he put pressure on them to promote fluvoxamine for clinical use without conclusive data that it worked for COVID. I just told you why. Folks, you don't, <laughs> you don't want to fight against your very own RNA. You want to take away the parasites and that boosts your system, your, your immune system naturally. That's what he's talking about. Now, again, this MIT Technology Review article, it's over two years old, ladies and gentlemen, but it's so important to get to understand what's being said here. Quote, more recently, he, Steve Kirsch, adopted extremist positions. What? Extremist? Uh, I, I like when you throw these things out there. Mm, no. The definition of extremists is people that question the official lies, the official disinformation. Oh, label somebody an extremist. Which, oh, he's, he's, he's just out there on the extreme side right now. Yeah. Well, I had to say that. I just saw that paragraph and I just, just rolled my eyes. Quote, more recently, he, Steve Kirsch, adopted extremist positions on COVID vaccines, which he alleges are, quote, toxic. He has claimed that one in a thousand people who have received mRNA, messenger RNA vaccines, right, have died as a result and has even publicly claimed the vaccines, quote, kill more people than they save, unquote, at an FDA public forum, which was first reported by the Daily Beast. Okay, now he's saying this, that's extremist. That's been extremist. Mm. No, it's just telling the statistical truth, folks. Quote, as Kirsch has gone deeper into the anti-vaccine scene, <laughs> many professional associates have increasingly distanced themselves from him. It may. Again, this is May of 2021, right? In May, all members, all 12 members of CETF's Scientific Advisory Board resigned. Hmm. Citing his alarming, dangerous claims and, quote, erratic behavior. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, he, he's extremist and he's, he's erratic. In other words, what does that mean? What's synonymous with erratic? He's, he's gone crazy. He's off the deep end, right? Quote, over the summer... The conflict reached his most recent startup, M10. M10. Its board told him that if he wanted to remain part of the company, 
he would have to stop making public anti-vaccine statements. Mm. That one. That one had to hurt Mr. Kirsch, right? In September, he resigned as CEO and gave up his board seat. Let's get this get a picture of this. He starts up M10. And the people that he brings in, puts in position, tell them, hey, you, you're, you're erratic. You're, you're going against the mainstream rhetoric. Uh, you're being a disinformation super spreader. Out of here if you don't shut your mouth. See, that's the issue, folks. There's different forms of censorship, and this one is probably the worst. You're going to lose millions. And things you've worked on to get a startup company, you're out of here. You're booted out if you don't become politically correct and shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. September 2021, Stephen Kirsch. Oh, my guys, you're not silencing me. You're not muzzling me. Shame on you. I resign as CEO, and here's my board seat. The MIT Technology Review article, folks, I quote, so how did a man once intent on furthering science? Take a deep breath. Become a source of misinformation that undermines the very research he funded. Well, now now they're being condescending. The article goes on. Kirsch did a lot of things right when he set up CETF to vet proposals. He recruited a powerhouse advisory board of prominent biologists, drug developers, and clinical researchers led by world-renowned drug researcher Robert Siliciano, Siliciano of Johns Hopkins. Ooh. Parentheses, the fund borrows its nonprofit status from the 501c3 Rockefeller Philanthropy Advisors which managed its money until it, till it quit, according to the Daily Beast. Mm. Let's see, could the Rockefeller philanthropy advisors be the ones pushing this entire rhetoric? Could that be even remotely possible? Okay. Next paragraph, quote, while Kirsch had the final say in who received grants, no one I spoke with would express concerns about what projects had actually been funded or why. Quote, I agreed to do it partially because I respected Bob Siliciano so much and partly because I thought the concept was excellent, said former board member Doug Richmond a prominent HIV drug researcher at the University of California, 
San Diego, and former member of the fund's scientific advisory board. Quote, I think we did rigorous reviews of proposals for research, end quote. One of the first CETF, CETF grants was to investigate the anti-malaria hydroxychloroquine. Dave Bulwer, a researcher at the University of Minnesota, received 125000 to test the drug against COVID. The results would eventually set Kirsch on a collision course with the scientific establishment. There we go. Now we see the root of the problem, you see. Quote, Steve Kirsch was extremely helpful early on in the pandemic, stepping up to the plate to fund early treatment trials when the U.S. government would not fund such studies. Boulware told me in an email, as it was hydroxychloroquine, right? The drug was widely prescribed as a COVID treatment for much of 2020 based, quote, on anecdotes and flawed studies. Bulware's trial was part of a wider movement to bulk up the evidence base underlying standard COVID treatments. Standard COVID treatments, like vaccinations, you see. And one of several trials that found no benefit to using hydroxychloroquine. But the confusion provided a fertile breeding ground for skeptics. Indeed, some of the most prominent people spreading misinformation about ivermectin and vaccines today began by promoting hydroxychloroquine including by claiming to, quote, debunk Bullware's data analysis. Could it possibly be that Bullware was getting paid a whole lot more money by Big Pharma and Pfizer than $125,000 to study hydroxychloroquine? Could that just even be even remotely possible? Quote, Kirsch, despite having direct access to the actual trial runner, eventually became convinced a quote-unquote correct interpretation of the data would show that indeed hydroxychloroquine works. And I'm telling you that because, ladies and gentlemen, I know that's exactly what it does. Hydroxychloroquine is not an antiviral magic pill. Not. It kills parasites. When you kill parasites and your body dumps them, it boosts the immune system. And so that is what we're talking about, you see. Bulware disputes that and says that although Kirsch's funding was important, his statements about drugs and vaccines have proven to be problematic. Oh, really? Since when is being objective and telling where the actual truth lies, it's only problematic to those who are spreading the lie to tell the world that it's a safe and effective 
vaccinations. That's the bottom line here. Quote, I disagree with this interpretation of the data regarding several medicines, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, etc., and he strong and strongly and strongly disagree with his quote anti-vaccine nonsense. Bowler wrote to me. When he declined a phone interview, Bulware was recently the subject of a Mother Jones article about the harassment he's received for his research on hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So you see the issue here, folks. I just going to get to the end of this, of this MIT uh, Technology Review article. In November, CETF gave the, gave the group an additional 500 grand for a phase three clinical trial on fluvoxamine again that might show conclusive proof of efficacy. That trial has now been completed and the researchers are analyzing their data. Oh, 500 grand, pretty good, pretty sizable grand. So what does it say? The results are not 100% conclusive. You're not... That's what's so damn funny, folks. You can't really test on COVID-19 directly. Why? Because there is no... There is no model. There's only a model of, of the COVID-19 spike protein even existing. How can you test it that it's anti-viral? Anti you can't because there's no, there's no way in the lab to isolate COVID-19 virus. It's just, it's just computer models, ladies and gentlemen. That's the big thing. And you think that's crazy or extremist? Fact. If there was, you'd have blood tests proving you're COVID positive. Let me repeat that. You see, you can take a blood test and get a positive diagnosis of HIV because it's been analyzed. It's, there is an HIV virus. Yeah, it's a lab virus. It was, it was manufactured. But it's still there. You have a drug. It's the same thing with with um, other viruses in the database. Okay, HIV is the best example, right? So you you not feeling well. You go into some blood work, and you're high risk. You know, you you may have uh, homosexual friends uh, that you spend the night with, or Whatever, so you're at high risk, and you you get the, the blood test, and you're analyzed, and you're HIV positive. Okay, none of this. There's no nonsense PCR test for H, HIV. But, it, but see, there's no blood test for COVID-19, which means it's not been isolated, it's not been separated and not been conclusive. If it's not in the blood, ladies and gentlemen, it's not tested, chances are it's, it's a phantom. 
It's not real. A PCR test by Dr. Mullen proves this. It's not quantifying a viral load. So how can you test an ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine on a non-existent virus? You can't. You have to see what it does in clinical results as far as, again, increasing your immune system and your immune response. That's how you have to gear, you see, the trials to. And that takes time. Takes time. So yeah, it's, it's just a, a crazy circus of, of problems. But what is what is completely tragic about this entire Steve Kirsch story, and all of the millions and humanitarian works, this this man should receive a medal, in my opinion. Trying to make sense of a circus, a three-ring circus of big pharma billions, right? And he comes out and he's blackballed, he's censored. Nobody wants to even talk about his findings. And it's, it's not just, he's just reporting the something called statistical models, folks. The graphs. That's what, he's, that's what he's focusing on as an engineer. It's not the debate any longer of the quote-unquote science. Now let's look at the results. Let's get this information out. And this is where the censorship gets even nasty. Uh, misinformation super spreader. Let's not look at the statistics of death by injection. Let's not talk about that. And by interpolation. Once you see this, you also have to go back to what about vaccines in general? What about the seasonal quadrivalent or trivalent seasonal flu shots that, that every senior citizen is supposed to be getting? What about that? Is there numbers there? How about the pneumococcal, uh, the pneumonia vaccine? How about the Gardasil? How about uh, on and on and on? Is that fair game to look at now, too? Yes. And when the statistics are analyzed, as an engineer would, right, you come to the conclusion of only one thing. Hey, we got a problem, Houston. There's a problem. Will the real misinformation super spreaders please stand up? Folks, listen to Steve Kirsch's presentation. I don't care whether you're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine or just on the fence. You need, and you owe it to this country, you owe it to the cause of truth to listen to what this guy has to say. Look at his statistics. He'd be happy to debate anybody that's... But they won't. They won't because... He explains this in his presentation very well, too. Because if they are honestly and objectively willing to look at the statistics, they've been notified. And then they become criminally liable. Now, keep in mind, he makes this point very well. 
you see civil liability with Pfizer and, and Moderna and others, right, Johnson & Johnson, they've had blanket immunity from civil litigation for the deaths of the vaccine. But see, that doesn't mean they're not, can be charged criminally and go to jail. Now, that's, that's a sobering thing. And if you look at really the statistics about the death toll, if this isn't a criminal enterprise, what is? It's the best way to describe it is this is similar to what the Nazis, you know, did in World War II. I mean, it's death any way you cut it, folks. Whether it's you know gas chambers or what have you, or a death by injection, toxic toxic needle, it's still death. You're still just as just as cold. And we're talking millions, not just hundreds of thousands, folks. It beggars the mind. So you go listen, if you want to get Steve Kirsch, just you can just Google it up. It's all over now, but it's this is on November thirtieth. But at vaccineinformation.org, vacinfo.org, go to its front page, and it's there in the banner. Click on his presentation there at MIT back in November, end of end of November. Amazing, amazing information. Now it's a little bit scientifically heavy, of course, and who likes to really look at at, at graphs and charts? A lot of lot of us don't. I don't. But they're important to get a grasp of what's going on, right? For me personally, let me give you a subjective view of what happened to me when I I, I saw it about two days after it was it was a, a gun onto the cyberspace, and I watched it, and I rewatched it. And about 11.30 at night, I I stood up and I gave a salute to Mr. Stephen Kirsch. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your integrity. Thank you for your honest viewpoints, not being bought off by the billions. And then, if anybody had the motivation to be silenced, Steve Kirsch did. But he said no. And that's called integrity, in my estimation, ladies and gentlemen. It's what John Fitzgerald Kennedy had, and it's what John John, his son, had, for what it's worth. And they're going to do the right reason, thing for the right reason, and not care about the consequences. Damn the torpedoes and run that PT boat straight at the enemy. Okay? That's profiles and courage, ladies and gentlemen. And that's called integrity. And for that, we're in short supply. So I salute you, Mr. Steve Kirsch. I haven't met you. I would be honored to meet you. I'd love to talk to you on a, on a radio broadcast. But, sir, every American needs to know the sacrifice you've made, in my opinion. And people like Katherine Ferguson, Kat Ferguson, MIT Technology Review, shame on you, Ms. Ferguson. Where's the good articles about what this man has done to expose 
the high corruption and the death. He's not a misinformation super spreader. Tech billionaire went from COVID trial funder to misinformation super spreader. Shame on you, Miss Ferguson. Jeez, Christmas. Just keep rubber stamping the nonsense. See? And America is hurt because of this. We have to lift the veil of censorship. Now, I, I don't agree with a lot of things that Elon Musk is doing, but with X, formerly Twitter, recently, my goodness, telling Disney and Warner Brothers and the rest of these miscreants to go F themselves, right? They're not going to censor you. Thank you for that, Mr. Musk. Thank you. Wow. Refreshing. Enough is enough. We have to have free speech. Otherwise, we're already sunk. We're already done. We're finished. That's how I started this broadcast. I thank you. Uh, again, this network is, is, is just a, it's a podium to get free speech out. People can either agree or disagree. You know what? Don't like what Dr. Ott's saying in place of Renee. You don't have to listen. You don't have to, but it doesn't mean that it's not true. I'd be happy to debate anybody on what I just said. The issue is we should not censor anybody, especially a person of the caliber of Steve Kirsch. That's the show. That's the basic bottom line. Don't like what he's saying? Prove him wrong. Debate him. Put your own graphs up. But they won't. So who's, who's the misinformation super spreader and who isn't? See, that goes back to the very, very basics of it. Okay, we're about out of time, ladies and gentlemen. I, again, I, I thank Progressive Radio Network and uh, Dr. Gary Knoll for putting this station together. Um, salute Dr. Knoll on this as well. Thank you for giving us the podium. You've been listening to this program. It's called Vaccine Information Coalition. What in the cell is going on? Go to the website, vacinfo.org, V-A-C-info.org. The website, you'll see right there on the front page the entirety of Steve Kirsch's presentation. It's, it's gold, ladies and gentlemen. I, I call it radio tech, technology gold because what it is, it's so multifaceted. It, it's a victory speech, in my opinion. I just shudder. If he hadn't been censored, if he could have given, have been given a pulpit two years ago, how many lives could possibly have been saved? That's another issue. But never, I guess it's never too late to do the right thing. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we just uh, thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromising truth. And may, may YAH, the actual YAH, Y-A-H, which means God in Hebrew, bless you all. Thanks for listening. Appreciate your time. You have a great day. 